The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees, the shale play prophet, the North Dakota nomad. We are broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios here. We have our entitled intern, Provolone, manning the production elements. And we've got Jacob Milney and Bailey Midkiff from WIC, Williams Insulation Company, patiently waiting on the Bakken barbecue phone lines. As your host, I feel it's important to set the stage for the show. That's why we brought up Bailey Midkiff and Jake Milneys, because we'll be interviewing them in just a moment or two about the radioactive story that Rolling Stone put out on wastewater in the oil and gas industry. So thank you very much to Bailey Midkiff and Jake Milney for coming on to talk about that controversial topic. It's, it's one of those topics that is an industry it's difficult to talk about, but at the same time, it's very difficult to ignore. So we appreciate Jake and Bailey coming on to be leaders in the industry to talk about this topic and help dispel some of the myths that are currently circulating around and some of the impact it's having as well. Now, will you do the crude life a favor and check out our social media page? If you go there, we got the LinkedIn's, we've got the YouTube's, we've got the Twitter's, we've even got Facebook. We also have different plays, different shale plays that we were in in the past. Remember we all had $100 oil day dreams? Well, the crude life did too. In fact, we had building the Bakken and talking the Tyler and all these different making the Marcellus and blah, blah, blah. Well, lo and behold, these Facebook pages we had just boom, took off. And then a few years ago, we decided to consolidate and just go back to the crude life. And that's what we originally were. Uh, back when we first started this venture, we were called the Crude Life, so we went back to it, and and then we started uh, consolidating some of those those different social media sites, if you will. But we still have a very robust audience, you know, sixty thousand in the Bakken, fifty thousand in the Marcellus, fifty thousand down in the Eagleford. You know, the list goes on and on. So if you go to thecrudelife.com and click on the social media tab, you can see all the different links that we have there. Like I said, from the YouTubes to the tweeters to the Twitters to the face blops, all the different things that we have there. There we go. Provolone. What do you think of that, huh? How's that for a promotional tagline on a podcast for some social media? Okay, what else do we have? Headlines coming up. We've got Jake Milney and Bailey Midkiff coming up as well to talk about the Rolling Stone radioactive wastewater in the oil and gas industry story. And, we, of course, we do want to mention the 23rd annual API Gumbo Cook-Off happening Saturday, March 28th. 2020 at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. $10 admission, new location, more teams, more space, more fun, more shrimp, more gumbo. What else we got more of? More promotion? You bet. It's bigger and better than ever. So 23rd annual API Gumbo Cook-Off, Saturday, March 28th in the West River Center. Tap. It's open to the public. Cooking begins. I've been a, a judge in the past. It's a fantastic event. So if uh, we'll have it posted on our show page as well, the uh, poster, you know, the graphic image, that sort of thing. But if you have a oil and gas event and you'd like us to promote it during our events segment here on the crude life feel free to email jason at the you can certainly email me jason at the and we'll mention it during our crude life events section here on the podcast and once again today's event is the 23rd annual api gumbo cook-off happening saturday march 28th Mark your calendars. It's going to be in the Bakken, Dickinson, North Dakota, the 23rd annual API Gumbo Cook-Off. Outstanding. Like I mentioned, Provolone, I uh, did judge that gumbo competition in the past, and it is a fantastic time. It really is. So if you have a chance, I, I invite each and every one of you to go check it out. If you want to be a part of it, they're putting it in a bigger area. So it's going to be, it's actually in the kind of the similar area where the Bakken barbecue is. The Bakken barbecue is in the parking lot. 
they're going to have it in the West River Ice Center. So once again, if you have an event happening in the oil and gas industry, feel free to email me, jason at thecrudelife.com, and we'll put it in here with our event segment of the show. And now we're going to go to our next segment here. We do want to mention we've got clothing. So the Crude Life clothing, let your clothing speak for you this presidential election season. We've got a fantastic one called Just Frack It. It's the old uh, People's Champ, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, just bring it. Well, our spin is just frack it. So it's like 20 bucks, shipping included. Uh, feel free, go to thecrudelife.com, click on the merchandise icons, and you will find the different articles of clothing to wear this holiday season because our motto here at The Crude Life in 2020 is ready for anything. Because, boy, I tell you, there is a lot of stuff going on. As we're going to find out a little bit later on, you know, we've got Jake Milne and Bailey Midkiff from WIC, Williams Insulation Company, patiently waiting on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines to talk about that radioactive wastewater story that was in the Rolling Stone. And guess what? I saw it in the Texas Standard as well. So it should be. I mean, it's it's have its ripple effect. So I'm going to talk to them about that, you know, from the media perspective because listen once the rolling stone does a story every local oil and gas community media organization now has the license to go do a gotcha question at every political leader every oil and gas executive anybody involved with the industry now somebody from the media can come up cite stories cite uh, references from the rolling stone and they won't see it coming i mean radioactive wastewater I mean, we're, first of all, I'm not even going to get into the arsenic and, and some of that where it's just in your water to begin with. I mean, in North Dakota, the reason they can find all these fossils is because the water is so terrible out in western North Dakota. That's why they can find dinosaurs so well-preserved because of the arsenic level. Anyway, I get a little bit testy and sometimes provolone, you know how to push my buttons today. You, you know what? I'm going to blame you. Because I'm feeling cantankerous, even a little boisterous, and I'm going to even throw in flamboyant. And those are three words that do not meld together normally. Well, cantankerous and boisterous might, but definitely not flamboyant. It's a whole different cocktail we got going on today here on The Crude Life. But that's what The Crude Life is. We're esoteric. We throw out the script. We're healing millions. Well, thousands. Maybe hundreds. Well, at least six. Here at The Crude Life, we just throw out the script and do our own thing, and it's esoteric. It's a 5,000-foot view. We're not in the trenches every day. No, we, we bring it to you. We bring, we bring the trenches to you. All right, who else we got here The thirty on this daily podcast? That's a 30-minute podcast that you hear every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday, and it could be 44 minutes. Next, we want to mention today's sponsor here at the Crude Life Podcast. BMA Biotech is a diverse company which develops a wide range of oil-filled chemicals and oil spill remediation products, as well as providing a wide range of environmental services to the oil and gas industry. That's BMA Biotech. For more information on BMA Biotech, visit bmabiotech.com. Of course, those links are available at the Crude Life Podcast show page, available at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. I am the Shale Play Prophet, the North Dakota Nomad. Thank you, folks, for tuning in and joining us here today at The Crude Life. You know, there's a million different places to get your podcast. I was just seeing the other day Ron Burgundy, Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell, 
that cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I think, has a podcast. It's called the Meowcast. I mean, everybody and their mother, sister, cat, rat, dude's name, Matt, you name it. Everybody has a podcast. So you got to bring your A-game, Provolone. You got to bring your A-game when you're going to get in the podcast game. You got to bring more in the pod. So what do we got today? We got headlines. Let's see how you did today on your selection of headlines. Folks, what this is, is this is headlines. What we do is Provolone, our entitled intern, who, by the way, for those of you joining us for the first time, Provolone is our entitled intern. His parents uh, own a modest oil and gas company, reached out to us here at The Crude Life and asked if we could do them a favor and show our posh Provolone The respect and the history and just really what went into building the oil and gas industry. What goes into hard work? What goes into taking a shower every day? What goes into putting the milk carton away when you're done with it? Simple things like that is why Provolone is here today. Because to quote Papa OGC, Papa Oil and Gas Company, Mama OGC, Mama Oil and Gas Company. That's the names we like to casually like to say around the office about Provolone's parents. Is that Provolone here was majoring in entitlement at the university. So here, you know, parents thought they sent the young lad off to the university to learn hard work and independence. Well, instead of independence, he's learning entitlement. So here he's going to learn a little bit about opportunity and the way that, you know, really the energy industry works. Because we, we're, we're trying to teach Provolone here how when the light switch turns on, why it turns on. Not just, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's where the energy comes from, is from the light switch. Like so many in your generation believe. Like so many in your generation believe. And that's okay. You guys were raised that way. So it's our job, this esoteric energy approach, to connect with you guys through infotainment, entertainment, information, education. So we're going to try all kinds of different things, like partnering with the Moody River Band, the the music you're hearing here today, so that way we can reach out to different bands. By the way, folks, if you have a local independent music uh, singer-songwriter that wants their music featured here on The Crude Life, go ahead and let me know at jason at com. We set up all kinds of uh, music crossovers to help promote uh, artists. We're a big, big supporter of the arts here at The Crude Life. That's why we try to do events. That's why we try to let you know about some of the nonprofits that are going on whenever there's a blood drive needed, whenever there's any sort of emergency service needed, we try to reach out and allow that sort of platform here for those emergency services and events and nonprofits. Those individuals that really don't have big budgets, let's just call it what it is. So we try to keep an open relationship and an open form for those individuals that need to get the word out there because it's very well needed. I mean, especially when you, I mean, you're talking about emergency services and nonprofits and blood drives and Uh, regulations and why you should be at this town meeting. That's the type of stuff that, you know, needs to get out there. So rely on us here at The Crude Life. We've got a daily podcast now, which can be heard every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Of course, we're still doing the radio programs, the daily updates on the radio. Still checking in at radio stations across the United States, writing for magazines, doing all kinds of different things, keeping the conversation going because not only... Do we need to keep the lights on here at The Crude Life? We need to educate, inform, and entertain people to let them know why that light turns on when the switch flicks on and the circuit breaker turns on. But right now, we're going to do some headlines. All right, the first one comes from the Houston Chronicle. War on plastic is on. Oil and gas should be beware. Well, this is an ongoing topic we've been discussing here at The Crude Life for five years now. If you go to thecrudelife.com, you can go to our past interviews and check it out. I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon of environmentalism. If you go back five years ago, I started commenting about how the mood had changed in Colorado, how People were starting to look over their shoulders in the in the breakfast bars in the hotels in the morning telling me where they worked because I would sit in the morning breakfast bars and talk to strangers. I'm one of those weirdos that talks to strangers. 
one of the weirdos that talks to strangers. So I'd banter accordingly in the breakfast bars. And anyways, five years ago, I started noticing that. People were looking over their shoulder before they mentioned they worked in the oil and gas industry. So I started becoming a little bit leery of it, paying attention to it. And then I noticed not only was it taking on kind of a public uh, health debate, a smoking ban template. Well, lo and behold, Colorado happens. I go on a speaking, a uh, little bit of a speaking juncture at, at a, a handful of conferences this summer. And one of my themes was, it was a several part theme, but one of them was that the conversation has gone beyond straws. Like they don't want to talk about banning straws and regulating straws. You've got two presidential candidates now talking about banning the industry. So what happened to just straws? And I was trying to have that conversation this summer. Wasn't getting very well received. Well, now we're at six candidates. Uh, The Houston Chronicle, which is the epicenter of energy, according to a lot of oil and gas companies and people in the industry out there, war on plastic is on, oil and gas should beware. I mean, this is very, very much like a shot across the bow, which actually, in my opinion, it's a lot more than that, but almost a way to introduce it into the Houston market. Uh, let's, let's see what the article has to say here in the Houston Chronicle. The war on plastic is on. China's government is introducing bans on single-use straws, utensils, and a slew of other disposable products in the world's most populous country. After standing by a water supplies and the ocean filled with tiny shards of polyethane, the government is cracking down. The anticipated drop in plastic consumption accompanied by research to improve recycling is bad news for Texas natural gas producers. Their product is the key ingredient in this environmental menace, which is known within the industries as polymers. Now, this is bad news for Texas natural gas producers. Uh, One of the things I think that is good news, though, is that if the market is allowed to work itself out, I do believe that we'll be able to come up with some sort of super plastic or we'll figure out a new use for those polymers. Now, will that happen overnight? No, it will not. But I do think there are so many smart, clever capitalists out there, smart, clever capitalists out there that work in the energy industry. God, do I love it, man. You can have a rough neck, figures out a new vibrating tube or a new way to turn a torque wrench or something like that. And all of a sudden, within a month time, he's he's a hardworking man. He's a millionaire or he's a or he's at least a thousandaire, but he's got his own company, a CEO, but he's he's owning his own destiny. And that is the part of the oil and gas industry that I absolutely love. And that's what's going to happen in this. You're, we're going to get through the regulations. We're going to get through this. I know we are. This is a global industry now. This is a global industry now. And China's government impacts Texas. That's the way it works. So Houston, we have a problem. And the problem is the war on plastic is not only on, but it's over. And they're trying to go after oil and gas. So I think that this is probably a very good headline for people to uh, take a look at. It's available at thecrudelife.com. Chris Tomlinson is the author, by the way. And it's, it's a very good piece, by the way. I have read it. And it is a good piece. And I think that a lot of people should understand what's going on globally when, when we're talking about the world of plastic and the ban on uh, oil and gas and the war and the whole thing. But natural gas ain't going anywhere. That's the thing. We don't have the infrastructure set up for this this just knee-jerk change in lifestyle that people are really platituding towards right now, that the Elizabeth Warren and the Bernie Sanders are platituding their way to get votes so that they can try to, you know, whatever. I mean, well, you know the thing. If you get in that presidential speaking tour, you can make six figures of speech after that. I mean, a lot of those presidential candidates, that's why they do it. They do it for the after speaking gig. They know they ain't going to win, but they can add a zero on their speaking gig and go around the country and just be cheerleaders. So, all right, let's go to the next headline here. Uh, good headline, Provolone. Okay, the next one comes from the Carlsbad Current Argus. Oil and gas developments to be sped up by New Mexico House Bill. 
Boy, I tell you, there's some doings and a happening in New Mexico. So this is a positive piece for the oil and gas industry here. Oil and gas became a primary driver of the state of New Mexico's economy, providing billions of dollars in revenue since the boom began in 2017. The growth and activity centered around the Permian Basin in southeast New Mexico and west Texas. But many state and local officials and industry leaders worried that a potentially prohibitive and complex regulatory environment in the land of enchantment could lead oil and gas companies to move their business just over the Texas state line, preventing New Mexico from gaining much needed revenue. Well, the way we do headline, folks, is we just read the headline, read a first couple paragraphs and make our assessments and move on. What I'm going to say about this is this. In North Dakota, we have about, I think it's 93% of the, of the land is private. And a big part of that is why the Bakken is booming like it is. Now, the Bakken is in Montana, but they've got different rules and regulations over there. And they don't drill as much, and they don't move things as much. So New Mexico is right by saying that if they don't make some changes or speed up some of these uh, issues, and the governor now is already getting on the hot burner for not being friendly towards oil and gas, and the, and the war drums are beating, that the Colorado blueprint is bleeding into New Mexico. This is something they want to get done before, yes, there is a very, very real reality that the oil and gas companies could just go over to the Texas state line. You got to realize, people, you know, most of these oil and gas companies are publicly traded or they have budgets, shareholders, partners, and it comes down to a price play. I mean, most of the, like, mo- mo- most of the, the companies know where the oil is. It's just down to whether they've got the right price play or not. And if it reaches a certain, it's like farming, a little different, but it's commodity play really at the end of the day. So, okay, let's go to our next headline here, our fun headline. Oh, cheapers, creepers. Folks, you got to go to the crudelife.com show page and click on the link just for this story. Massachusetts serial pooper arrested after police catch her defecating in parking lot. Now, first of all, I want to pose this question to you folks. What image do you have in your head right now of the Massachusetts serial pooper, the parking lot pooper? A Now, before we move on, one last time, put that image in your head. I'm going to see if ours matches because it did not for me. A Massachusetts woman... Right there, I was wrong. I thought it was a man. A Massachusetts woman accused of defecating in the parking lot of a local Natick store for months was arrested last week after she was caught in the act, reports say. Andrea Grosher, 51, was charged with eight counts of wanton destruction property. Wanton, like like the actual food, but wanton destruct property after a Natick police officer said he saw her defecating outside the Natick outdoor store around 7 a.m., according to Fox News, based on reports from WYCN. Police were first alerted to their serial poopers. Excuse me. Police were first alerted to the serial pooper in December when Henry Canner, the store's owner, reported human feces there on eight separate occasions since October. There's more. Police began investigating initially, believing it might be an animal, but then they found toilet paper and other wipes. Natick Police Department spokesman Lieutenant Kara Rossi told the Metro West Daily News. That's how they knew it wasn't an animal. Okay. Uh, First of all, I am a little bit shocked at this whole thing. Absolutely shocked. Because here's all I'm going to say. First of all, I thought this person, the Massachusetts serial parking lot pooper, was going to look like the comic book store guy from The Simpsons. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I thought that's what she was going to look like. But no, she looks like, actually, it, it, 
if you take away the look on her face in the photo where she clearly understands what she has done now and the implications and the and oh that poor woman now you can drive around in your nice expensive car but you are now and you will forever be known as the parking lot pooper your children will forever be known as children of the parking lot pooper that's what that photo her mugshot is indicating when i look at her and the expression on her face is that she is going through the revelation of oh my i'm forever known as the parking lot pooper people don't forget provolone very well done today on the headlines uh one another opinion piece but you know what i'll take it I'll take it. All right, let's read today's sponsor one more time, and then we're going to get to our Bach and Barbecue phone lines where Jake Milne and Bailey Midkiff are patiently waiting where we're going to talk about the radioactive waste article that appeared in Rolling Stone. But first, today's sponsor, BMA Biotech, is a diverse company which develops a wide range of oil field chemicals and oil spill remediation products as well as providing a wide range of environmental services to the oil and gas industry. For more information, check out bmabiotech.com or check out the crudelife.com podcast show page and click on the links. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. I am the Shale Play Prophet, the North Dakota Nomad. I'd like to thank you folks for joining us. We're going to head over to our Bach and Barbecue phone lines where Jake Milney and Bailey Midkiff from WIC, William Insulation Company, patiently waiting as we're getting ready to talk about the radioactive story in the Rolling Stone. Bailey Midkiff, WIC. Jake Milney, WIC. Outstanding. The levels look great, and I appreciate you both joining us today. And I wanted to get right into the meat of it right away because it is it is something I think it's going to be an ongoing topic. I wanted to be on the forefront of it. Wanted to bring you guys in to talk a little bit about the uh, radioactive cover story on Rolling Stone. And, of course, that means it's going to hit the youth, and it's going to create a whole new conversation about energy and just based on those keywords alone do you too know what i'm talking about and what kind of uh comments are we in for today <laughs> i mean we always enjoy the comments jason but uh i mean that kind of puts it on a weird thing and actually the first thing that comes to my mind you know uh, jake and i were actually having uh some dinner last night you know the regular hamburger chat and uh, we discussed how on december 23rd i think it was a monday there was uh, an article brought up that uh, Pavilion, Wyoming, was a big discussion for some time. It's actually been uh, an ongoing investigation until they finally closed it that day uh, about fracking and contaminated water. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting to find out that this investigation started in 2008 and had a lot of uh, various uh, topics that came with it. But they concluded that uh, it was not contaminated because of fracking, which was quite an interesting thing to talk about because it's always something that's brought up, right? Well, to me, the word radioactive oil and gas wastewater is is going to be used in all kinds of signs. It's uh, you know, it's 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 going to be played on, and that seems to be the thrust and the the bulk or the 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 core, I should say of what this narrative is trying to be. And I look at it as a narrative because I haven't seen any of the science yet that's been proven. But Jake, do you are, do you have any comments on this as far as uh, how, how they're treating this and the story that's come out on this? And have you heard any comments from people in the industry? I haven't heard a whole lot. Uh, but as far as it's just pushing the same agenda as always, right? Uh, just like uh, with Pavilion, it, for years, it was it was oh, the water's bad, and it's all because the oil and gas companies, and you know, spent millions and millions of dollars. I think DEQ spent 1.2 million dollars investigating this, and 
and here it is. Turns out, well, actually, uh, EPA was wrong. Now the state took over, and, and DQ says, well, this is what really happened. Uh, it, they're, they're saying that it's uh, PVC particles in the in the first investigation is common uh, in the uh, when you go to a it's a common uh, what am I looking for, Bailey? The what did the report say? So, uh, it, it was it contaminant was contaminant yeah. in a in their um, w- the lab that was originally hired to do it, and it that's no one wants to see that when you're on the other side of the agenda, right? But I think it's it's something that we're going to continue to see, and it's it's not going to stop. It's it's pushing that agenda, right? It's just it's all bad. We've I, all we've had this conversation multiple times. It's the word, right? It. it it develops a, a, a toxic taste in your mouth just on how it's been presented for so long, right? The resonation with the audience you're pushing for. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, and I, I'm not going to say names, but I mean, like Pavilion Wyoming and this specific oil and gas company, you know, they come in and uh, they take care of this. I think it's 12 miles is this field alone. And uh, <clears throat> they find themselves you know, getting pushback from smaller people. I mean, when you start looking at a small town like that with a very large company, other things come to mind. I mean, you know, are, are we getting the uh, compensation we deserve? You know, I mean, a lot of variables come to that and different feelings people have, which I think kind of started this whole conversation. I think the whole thing actually started in 2008 when they felt that it had a weird tinge slash taste to it as well as a smell. You know, and then this whole thing took off from there. Well, the funniest part, uh, I was talking with my cousin. He was, he worked for that company when this all happened. And, and he worked for the, co- the small company that uh, operated the field before it was bought out. And it was never an issue. And then uh, what did all his opinion on that particular one was that it all came down to the surface rights. Is that then the, the big company came in and a uh, few people got upset about uh, not getting their extra slice of the pie when the big dogs came in and that's where it all started from and it escalated from there but the radioactive uh oil where where are they claiming this is is coming from <laughs> I have to do the search on that well and that's where i was looking at this is i i haven't completely read the rolling stone story and I feel like I'm a little bit out of sorts by saying that because I, I didn't see I skimmed it and I didn't see like any links to any studies or anything along those lines and so I have to go back and uh, re- revisit that story but I did look at the one from the Texas Standard which came out a day or two later after the uh, Rolling Stone story and I'd like to know your guys' opinion on this because. The Texas Standard is pretty much like an NPR or a, a PBS of of Texas. They're a public, right? Yeah, they're they're like a yeah a, a public you know communication entity. So they're supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to be, you know, that sort of thing. They always have the the, the label if you're in the public uh, communications that you're you know you're a left leaning liberal type of a of a thing and. Whether that's true or not is irrelevant, but that's that's usually the label. This story certainly makes it seem like it's true because just the, by the way, Texas Standard, the national daily news show of Texas, okay? And okay. the headline just to me is is so loaded that if, if you read the headline alone, you don't even want to read the story. Like you don't want your day to go in, any more depressed because the hidden danger of radioactive oil and gas wastewater. I mean, it's got the word hidden in there. It's got the word danger in there. It's got Fukushima radioactive Chernobyl in there. It's got, I mean, it's got everything you could possibly need in there. So when, when, what bothers me here is when, when public dollars and I'm sure that they've gotten some support from an oil and gas company at the Texas Standard. Trust me, if they're like an NPR, they're getting support from energy companies. This is starting to happen more and more is what I'm getting at. People, right. people in the industry have, the people they've been supporting over the last five years seem to be really turning on them right now. Anyway, I, that's, that's all. That, that's my long question well, statement, let, diatribe. Let, let me shoot from the hip here, Jason, you know, because I mean, obviously uh, 
I've spent my whole career in oil and gas. I, I try to say oil and gas industry because there's not really an oil and gas section, you know, and Jake has pretty much as well. And I'm guessing, and just correct me if I'm wrong since I haven't read the article, but I will right when I get off the phone with you because this is intriguing. I'm assuming it, it's making people sick or it's whatever it is they're trying to justify in the terms of that, I would have to guess. Is that is that what I'm taking? Well, all I know is from the from the Texas Standard one that I was reading. Okay, like I said, I skimmed the Rolling Stone Stone one, talking about the the looking for the actual study itself. Because unlike, I don't like to read what the politicians read. I like to read what the scientists read. I don't I don't get into the right. briefs. I like to read the step further and actually look Touché. at the data. Yeah. Um, but when I looked at the Texas Standard one, you know, they tried to do the local story in Texas, this and that. And so, I, I, okay, I, let me read a couple quotes here from the story of the Texas Standard where um, we don't know if this is connected to radioactivity, he says, but it would be fantastic if certain health agencies would start examining this issue. And the, I mean, just these, so that right there says there's no story. Right. That, that says there's, there's, no there's and so the rest of everything leading up to it, there's no story. So there's no reason to go to print. There's no reason to put this out there. But what this is doing is it allows activists, it allows people that are on the same page as this narrative to now email it to the politicians and representatives and say, see, look at this guy. When he was cornered by a politician, or I'm sorry, by a reporter, and the reporter wanted an ethical answer. The guy said, well, yeah, of course, you know, let's be transparent. So that, that to me is what's happening here is that people, just average people now are getting caught up in gotcha stuff. And then it's being used against them. Anyway, I, can you tell I get passionate about this? That was very passionate. I liked it. I mean, I was all about it. I mean, everything's bigger in Texas. Maybe that's why you got so compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing, you know, the... What doesn't have radioactivity in it anymore? I mean, you're, if you'd like to go shooting your guns, you're getting a little bit of radioactivity every time you pull the trigger. Every time you, you heat up a burrito in the microwave, you're getting radioactivity. I, there's so much out there that, it, it, and the fact that they can't point to a study, and I'm actually skimming the Rolling Stone article right now. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't see any kind of studies in there. I see them referencing some uh, some EPA regulations and stuff like that, but they, they where is the factual basis behind it? And it's because it's just all pushing the agenda. I mean, it's not going to stop. It continues to go, and that's why we got to stay proactive in in combating this. And and you know what? If there's a problem, let's let's deal with that problem. Absolutely, but. Uh, so, Throwing uh, throwing accusations without uh, anything to uh, back up the where you're you're coming from doesn't make much sense to me at all. So I um I, I emailed a colleague of mine. Actually, he's a regular on the program, and we did it off the record because you know I didn't want to get his name muddied up in it and that sort of thing. He likes to keep a clean profile, but I, I sent him the Texas Standard article that is titled the hidden danger of radioactive oil and gas wastewater. And I said, you see, this is an example of using a, an article from a popular publication like the Rolling Stone, allowing your local news stories to, to do a story based on that, which is all based on loose science. But what it's doing is, is it's allowing the shift all of a sudden to become not an energy debate, but, but a public health debate, which worked in Colorado. That's what I'm seeing, and that's what's really bothering me. So I, I, I just I, I want to ask your guys' opinion on that. Do, do you think this is turning into a public health debate, or am I just a chicken little right here? Nope, you're dead on. I actually had a conversation with Jack Hamlin, and I know you've had him on the podcast. He's, uh, I want to say, the president of Summit Engineering. And uh, he was talking to me as well on the basis of Wyoming and how we're starting to see the same transition that they saw in Colorado with the prop 191.82 and all the issues they're fighting. And he said, quote unquote, that we need to be even more proactive than we already are because he already saw the first two things that Wyoming has done are the first two things that Colorado did before they're in the current situation they are now. So everybody's transitioning to this. It's one of them classic things like, um, 
uh, here's a good comparison. So everything comes back to water a lot of times, right? I mean, water is it's most of the planet. Uh, in the state of Wyoming, as of, I want to say it was 2008, they changed the laws to where a landowner, these old ranch folk, that an old windmill, you know, that pumps water for their cattle, they can't legally repair that windmill. They have to get certified, which I found absolutely crazy because they own the land and everything on it. They can tell a sheriff or somebody of the sorts to get off the property, but they can't make sure to maintain maintain anything on it, <laughs> which I found utterly crazy, but they're running out of things to combat and chase. I mean, they've got to get creative, which I support a lot of it when they justify it, but a lot of times, it's like you said, you're, you're not ridiculous. It's exactly what they're doing. And just to circle back to the fact that you stated, you know, the oil and gas guys were probably involved financially with a lot of this stuff. I mean... It happens all the time, just like we were talking about Pavilion. Uh, that oil and gas company, yeah, they say they may have caused all this, but nobody notates that they paid out over $1.5 million initially just to do the test to ensure that it wasn't a problem. That wasn't a big highlight. And the lawsuits that they paid that probably uh, shouldn't have, uh, they shouldn't have had to pay, but they paid it just to keep the peace with the community. Um, I think that... Uh, it's going to continue, and like Jack said at the uh, mixer the, the other day. Yeah, it was actually the Powder River Rising. You missed out, by the way, Jason. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, he said he, we are, we're already way behind because all these uh, activist groups, they, they've been working on this for 20, 30 years, and uh, oil and gas really uh, just stayed in limbo and, and kept moving forward and working until the last – say 10 years when it, it's really or exploded less. yeah or less and and now uh people are starting to get active and but like we said we are way behind compared to everything that they've been doing for the last 30 years to try and put an end to our industry so so jake what's the answer there because you know it's the same message i was saying last summer at the uh energy expo in gillette wyoming talking about i mean I got daggers stared through me at a panel because I brought this up this summer. Said, I don't know what's going on, but we're not connecting. The um, the, the average person thinks that energy comes from the light switch and the circuit breaker, not from you know an actual energy source, like whether it be oil and gas or coal or wherever. They just assume it comes from the light switch. And and, and I, then you know we start to see some of these groups and some of these uh, activists and, and that sort of thing happen. And then we turn around and Colorado, Broomfield's putting out a new one, Colorado Rising, and now New Mexico's even having some signs that they're looking at uh, uh, taking, you know, putting some restrictions on the oil and gas industry. By the way, a third of their state budget comes from oil and gas, and the, the governor is, boy, she, better be careful there how how they proceed on that on that one but you know what i mean how how can we get mobilized because i i i want to see the industry stick around and not self-implode well i think first of all the most important thing is to uh just uh you got to destroy the argument with facts and if uh if there's an issue and it's brought up well that's great let's talk about the facts how are we going to get to uh to whether if this is truly an issue let's look at the facts how are we going to fix it but to get mobilized uh i've told you before i think that it it starts with the education uh just like your story of moving to north dakota wanting to protest and and wow i I actually like this industry and look at the good things they're doing and look at you now uh you know i think it's going to start with uh education whether it be uh with uh kids or uh young kids getting into college and, and uh, you know, they're, they're getting told what, uh, what their liberal arts professors telling them. And, and that's not necessarily true. It's just because they're typically not everyone, but a lot of them are very left leaning and, and uh, they're, they're preaching this, this agenda. And so I think that as long as uh, everyone stays active and, and out in the industry, in the industry and, and in the spotlight, let it be shown that uh, we're not afraid to uh, to say this is what we stand for. And, and uh, you know, again, like I've said many times with with you, even on the last uh, time we talked, was 
it, it all comes down to, you know, facts are always going to overcome the agenda because if the, uh, the agenda doesn't have facts and it just has feeling, facts will always win. And to stay mobilized, it's going to be in the education, getting out there, teaching these, these young folks the, exactly what's going on here. And, and there, there's, there's more to the story. This is a, if you think about it of a, of a earth type uh, situation that what's out there in the news and, and the agenda, that's just the crust. We still got the mantle and the core to talk about. That's true. Head on. Bailey Midgift, Jake Milney with us, WIC. We're talking about just some recent news, primarily about the uh, Rolling Stone article about radioactive wastewater in the energy industry and how that uh, seems to be a ongoing narrative. You know, I'm looking at the 2020 election. I was talking to Kathleen Skama from the Western Energy Alliance earlier, and she, of course, does most things at a national level, um, dealing with a lot of the lobbying down in, in D.C., but she lives in Denver, so she's quite aware of what's going on in Colorado and quite aware of what's going on in Wyoming and New Mexico to the tune to where she actually referenced it in in her you know, national talk, if you will. Uh, do you guys see this being being used on a, on a national level to the degree it certainly is right now. I mean, last summer when I was speaking in Gillette, I spoke on how, you know, guys, we got to wake up here because two presidential candidates are having an open discussion about banning our industry. Now we got six uh, candidates, and it seems like it's, it's being done not only from a bottom up, but a top down as well. It just seems really well orchestrated. So to, I guess, validate Jack's point too, they are really well organized, but I think it's coming from both sides, if you know what I mean. Do you guys see that? I mean, because you guys are not in the industry, but you are in the industry. So you've got kind of one foot in and one foot out so you can see what's going on, but also hear what's going outside of there, too. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, it, it, it is, and it's going to get worse. I mean, it's, it's a hot topic right now that's got a lot of traction on their behalf as well as ours. And uh, I think we've just saw the tip of the iceberg. I think it's really going to expand. It's going to be a huge discussion. And, I mean, it's all fine and dandy to have one, you know, KISS method answer for them to be like, let's shut it down and for us to say let's keep it going. But, I mean, there's so many variables at play when we start talking about these things. I don't think in their discussion they touch that. You know, okay, oh, so you want that and you're going to tell us why. But you're not going to explain, you know, the, the, the fix to do that. I mean, it's not something you can just halt. It's like you said, okay, yeah, so you turn on your light switch. You love that. You love all the items that you, you have. I mean, your iWatch, your phone, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, what are, what's the compensation if you're going to go this route? I mean, it's just, it's wild. Wild. Yeah, it's going to continue. That's for sure. I think it's going to be a huge focus uh, once uh, once the Democratic primary is over. I think that that's going to be a huge focus when and a a, a good bat for bludgering the uh, president sitting in office. I mean, that, they're going to push for that. And it's funny how much they talk about it up there, beating each other up on stage. And I like to watch both sides of it just to get an idea of what's going on. I've watched a couple of the the uh, Democratic debates. Most of the time, I end up shutting them off. But uh, <laughs> You know, it's it, it's funny that to watch how how they can honestly sit up there and, and say that you know we're going to end this industry, and uh, that's very educated people too. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, you you think that they would understand that it's not going to happen that way. Well, and and that's really what's so maddening about this is that it these are educated people. These are people with doctorates, and to stand up on a stage and recite the platitudes to the level that they're reciting is, is quite dangerous. I mean, to me, it's, it's akin to going into a crowded theater and shouting fire. I mean, I was taught in the media, we have certain responsibilities that there's a certain amount of public trust that we have to have within an ethics guideline and et cetera. I would think that the, some politicians would also have that because, well, Bailey, you're somewhat familiar with the political realm. I mean, you, you know yeah. that it's very dangerous to get up there and start citing platitudes that are just outright 
dangerous. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, let's, you know, let's try to solve the homeless problem. Everybody knows that's right. not going to happen. But you know what, we're, we're going to try our best. And you know what, until everybody's got a roof over the head, we're not going to stop. And I get that that whole thing is completely different than, hey, let's just end an industry that creates jobs and, and is what 96% of our livelihood is based on and our everyday life. And it's just a new level of platitude. So uh, to kind of summarize and, and, and really validate what you two are talking about, I do think there is more than enough evidence to say the 2020 election is going to be the year of platitudes versus realities. Because Trump now has four years to say, this is my reality. This is what I've done for the last four years. Here's what the media headlines have said I've done, but this is what I've actually done. So you can vote for me or you can vote for Fantasyland over there. I'm telling you, that's how it's going to go. Right, right. It's just dangerous. I mean, you nailed it. Some of the things that they're stating that they want to do or their agenda, it's you can't take those things back. They've publicly said it. It's there. <laughs> And that's, you know, as career politicians, that's crazy for me to think that they would take that approach. But they did. <laughs> you know, uh, humans love stories. We, we love the car, car crash. We love the drama. Go to, a dinner, yeah. go to a dinner party sometime and say, you know, life's fine. World's going great. Nobody will talk to you. In fact, they probably even get upset at you and say, how could you say something so lukewarm? Come on, something's got... <laughs> So, I mean, I, I look at it and, and I'm saying, you know what? The Democrats are pretty desperate right now to go to these lengths and to grab children and to use children to say, if, if you don't believe us, these children are going to die. I think that shows how desperate they are. They're really reaching. There's no doubt about it. Well, what, any final thoughts, guys? Any things we left out? We should probably mention what you guys do for a living out there. I mean, appreciate, you know, you guys. See, you guys deal with so many companies that are out and around the industry that there are so many people in the industry. They get lost for the trees in the forest, if you will. They get so sucked up in their day-to-day. -day, they don't know what's going on in the outside world. So uh, talk to people about what you guys do for a living and, and how you help out the industry. Well, we... Uh insulation company but not only that we're uh, your specialties company uh, we do insulation scaffolding uh, shoring steam trace heat trace electric trace uh, any kind of trace you can think of uh, steel buildings supply erection um, asbestos abatement lead abatement uh, sandblasting coatings um, we, we try to offer a, turn, a turnkey option out there to take care of all those issues and uh we uh, not only do any, everything in the uh, oil side of things, but we also do it uh, on the uh, just power generation in general, uh, and uh, then dabble into the paper, paper and pulp, uh, breweries, food processing, um, all of those things that need this energy industry to keep them alive as well just like the oil and gas refineries power plants tank batteries i mean yeah like you said we got our foot in a little bit of everything which is great because we hear various various things out there it keeps us uh on our toes well that's why i love talking to guys like you because i mean like i said it's so easy to get caught up in your own day-to-day -day that um you know, when you can go to the cafe and hear what's going on in different areas of town and different industry, that's kind of what it's like. You know, people like to know that what's going on in different areas and not only in different parts of the country, but different parts of industry as well, because the oil and gas industry is so, so tight and so connected and the communities are that way. And they actually do have such a big responsibility that goes unsung because the light switch does need to come on. Hey, you know what? Those protesters need to protest. And without the energy industry and the oil and gas industry, they couldn't protest. That's that. That's that's how little respect they get. They don't even get respect from the people. Anyway, sorry. See, soapbox again. That was that was nailed. And I'd like to add, we do a lot of podcasts with Jason. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. You guys, social media, the whole deal. So uh, make sure people know how to get in touch with you and to socialize with you. Yeah. Hey, one last thing before you let us go. Uh, skimming through Rolling Stones, it looks like there is a 2015 study that they cited towards getting towards the bottom of it here, and they're blaming it on radon. And 
you know what? Radon's an issue everywhere. If there's uranium underground, there's radon. In fact, there's a big issue in Wyoming that we have to have vents in the bottom of our houses and have radon inspections when you buy or sell a house because it's uranium's in the ground. So uh, it's there whether we're drilling or not. There's a little piece. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that as well, and I, I did kind of discount that for the same same regard. In North Dakota, we've got uh, radon and, and arsenic, and we've got problems on the western side of the state. That's why the dinosaurs are so well-preserved on the western side of the state and why the, the water tables are so bad, and we've had to invest millions and millions of dollars into a water treatment system out in western North Dakota, because it is. And that was long before that the the uh, uh, shale revolution started. This has been a problem out there for a long time. So, um, thank you for bringing that up because I, I did I did make a mental note of that, but I did forget it. It was from the I think Pennsylvania was it or University of Pennsylvania? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Pennsylvania DQ or uh, EPA. Yeah, and that study has been pretty much discontinued or questioned to the tune of, uh, do you remember the show Gasland when that came out where they took a uh, lighter and put it underneath the faucet and lit the water on fire? I recall that. that well, I forgot about it. It's one of my favorite ones. I'm going to YouTube that. Yeah, anyway, you can do that and pretty much, uh, well, not pretty much, but in a lot of rural areas you can do that. Uh, it has to do with the methane being built up from the well, and and that's that's not you know, isolated to shale play USA. Again, that's been happening back. That, that's a parlor trick back in the fifties for crying out loud. So um, I, I do that. That's what I mean. I, when I skimmed through it, I saw a lot of the science was kind of loose science and everything along those lines. Certainly not enough to call it definitive science to do an article like this that has already had the ripple in effect like we talked about earlier, the Texas Standard, and now you know local newspapers are going out and they're interviewing all the oil and gas people and doing the, you know, put putting the county commissioners up against the wall based on this Rolling Stone article because hey, if the Rolling Stone said it, it's good enough to go, right? So yeah. um, <laughs> they picked a good magazine to put it in. There's no doubt about that. Well, it's certainly one if you want to re if you want to reach the progressive youth. You do that in SNL. I mean, those are those are the two leaders for the last 50 years. Um, still are, you know, for the most part. Yeah, they're not the same that they used to be, but they're enough to get that kickstart going through social media and et cetera. Because, you know, after this, they'll probably, you know, there'll be SNL skits and then there'll be, I don't know, professional wrestlers. And then there'll be probably, you know, Fox will do something too. Who knows? Um, anyway, that's that's me again, just continuing on with my diatribe of verbal diarrhea here. It was very informative, to say the least, Jason. Sometimes, you know, it just falls off the cart pretty quick. You know, it's just, it, it's going so well, and then I just keep talking. <laughs> anyway. It's all right. It's all, right. Uh, all right, gentlemen, well, let's, uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? Sounds great. To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com. First full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. And that's going to do it for today's The Crude Life Podcast. I'd like to thank Jake Milney and Bailey Midkiff from WIC Wyoming Insulation Company for coming on today's program and talking about a whole 
slew of topics, including the Rolling Stone article on radioactive wastewater pointing the finger at the oil and gas industry. I'd also like to thank the Moody River Band for supplying us with today's music. As part of our music crossover, our partnership with independent singer-songwriters, we are big supporters here of the arts at The Crude Life. Also, API's 23rd Annual Gumbo Cook-Off is happening Saturday, March 28, 2020 at the West River Ice Center in Dickinson, North Dakota. For more information, visit our show page where we've got some links. And while you're at thecrudelife.com, make sure you click on our social media page and check out all of our different shale plays that we have, our different social pages. Sorry for our shale plays. Uh, we've got pages for the Bakken, Mar- uh, Marcellus, Eagleford, Permian, Niobrara. Uh, we've got one on LinkedIn, YouTube, all kinds of different social media sites here at The Crude Life because you never know how anyone's getting their information anymore. Boy, I tell you, Ron Burgundy's got a podcast. Steve Harvey's giving me news and tips in between gas pumps. I got taxis driving by that are giving me sports scores. I was even in a toilet the other day, and now they got video screens in toilets telling me things. I mean, sometimes... It's just we're getting a little just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. All right, that's there's my little soapbox moment for you. But anyway, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to the crude life. And there's all kinds of different ways that you can access it on iTunes and iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, and LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. I tell you, the crude life is in all kinds of different places, even magazines. Well, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk to Huskerland Oilfield Services. In fact, I think we got the owner, Matt Cruz, on. Is that right, Provolone? All right, good job there, Provolone. Also want to mention all the interviews you hear here are available at thecrudelife.com, isolated in their entirety, because not everybody wants to hear me blather on about headlines or talk about different events going on. And sometimes you just want to listen to the interview, isolated, all by itself, so we have that for you at thecrudelife.com, plus our social media pages as well. All right, from the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Watford City High School student ambassadors Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia as they discuss the ambassador program and what their experiences are working with industry. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, Watford City High School students. I think that it's been so cool watching our little town grow. We have so many more stores and community um, opportunities around. So um, as our school's grown, um, so is our student council program. So there's more opportunities for people to be in the leadership position. And I think that's really cool to watch um, new students who haven't been here that long join student council or join the basketball team or any sort of club we have at Watford City. I think it's really cool um, to watch them take those opportunities and to um, start opening up and finding out that Watford City is a really good place to be and a really fun community to be in. I'm Emma and living here all my life basically. I've watched like my sisters growing up and stuff like that and we it's been so like small and like everyone supported each other and as we've like grown and like the town has grown we've gotten more and more people with the oil boom and this has just created a bigger opportunity for us to reach more people and create this kind of program and like give more people opportunities to be in different clubs because like before we didn't have enough like interests for different things and now we do because of the people and it's really exciting to watch Watford City grow the way it has. To listen to the full-length interview with Watford City High School students Taylor, Emma, Lydia, and Ellie visit thecrudelife.com that's thecrudelife.com 
While you're there, be sure to check out our social media tab, Facebook, YouTube, even the Twitters, LinkedIn as well, right there at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you, there's a world changer down the street and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.